0: Greetings program, hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 58. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my insightful, extraordinary, and brilliant guest co-host, Eric Nash. Welcome, Eric.
1: Hey, Duncan. Glad to be here. How you
0: doing? Yeah, it's good to have you. I'm doing pretty good so far. It's a it's a good day out here. It's raining like crazy, <laughs> yeah. but... Why don't you... Um, uh, tell us a bit about yourself well,
1: yeah um uh i i've done i've I'm, I'm in the middle of doing three different podcasts at this point <laughs> um wow the the one kind of completed but then we came back for the uh the show uh watchman minute we did the oh yeah 186 minutes <laughs> of the director's cut of of Zack snyder's cool. Watchmen. and then uh crazily enough you know not not too long after we finished that you know then uh the hbo show started up so we just figured, said well, hey we got back into the groove and Episode by episode recaps of that. And we and we hopefully by the time this comes out we'll have done a overall <laughs> whole show after yeah. ash, after uh my hook co host and I each have watched uh rewatched that is, you know, in full uh the whole that whole nine nine episode series. Yeah, it was wonderful. I
0: wanna give that a rewatch. Yep. I wanna give that a rewatch too. I really enjoyed that.
1: Um well and I'm keeping HBO essentially until until uh May anyway. <laughs> because of yeah. the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, okay. The first time, or first time for a long time, they've they've done a live uh, uh, televised. Oh, cool. Um, so that and actually brings me to my two other shows, which are much more mo- music focused, except for the one is another movie by minute, almost famous minute, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the 2000 Cameron Crowe film, pretty much an, uh, a short snippet of an autobiography, kind of, yeah, with names changed. But um, and then uh, the third one very uh, extremely heavily music based uh, feels like Weezer. Okay, and so we're going through all the uh, my coast and I uh, there we're going through all, all of Weezer's songs track by track, chronologically. Chronologically, yeah. okay. Yeah, they're not done yet, so it's hard to do alphabet alphabet uh, alphabetically. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know where we got sure, our idea sure. from, you know? But uh, yeah, because so we'd have to yeah. I guess if, some if, points, if, I guess or something.
0: If you're gonna go alphabetically, it's best to do it with a band
1: that's kind of yeah, kind of done.
0: Uh, done, <laughs> which yeah.
1: actually was my first idea before Zach, my co-host there, he came up with the idea uh, and mentioned it in uh, the Star Wars Minute Listener Society. Uh, put he put up, put out a call, kind of jokingly actually, but yeah. <laughs> he didn't think anyone would actually take it seriously. But um, <laughs> I would have done. A, I was preparing a pavement one, but another guy actually got got onto that. And he oh, is okay. he is doing it chronologically, but see, I was going to do All it right. alphabetically for babies. Yeah, yeah. Since so they are definitely done. I mean, they're <laughs> they've been done for quite a while. Excellent. All
0: right. Well, let's go over uh, what happens in minute. 50. Oh, sorry. This is since this is you're you're joining us here for the first yeah, time. The first with you. I wanted to ask you. I've been trying to ask everybody. Do you remember the first time okay. that you saw Tron?
1: Ooh, that'd be tough. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like you know, with it coming out in '82, I don't think I was quite you know there for seeing it in the theater. I doubt I saw it in the theater. Yeah. But you know, when it hit HBO and and it seemed, you know, it was, you know, it just had this vibe to it that uh, I, I'm I'm sure I caught it on HBO. Yeah. A couple times and you know, almost in full maybe viewings of it. And then. Surely, about you know, I was I was you know under ten at that point. That's for sure. Yeah. But probably then, when I was in my early, you know my pre-teens, probably I'm sure I caught. I'm sure I had one good full viewing of it. And then, yeah. then I don't know that I've really seen it in full <laughs> since then. But I've certainly watched bits here and there as as I've caught it on TV. Yeah. And then yeah. I totally was all into uh, Tron Legacy, especially oh, with the, the the Daft Punk music. Yeah, and that's. Some people say it's the best thing about it, but. You know, I'd have to give it a good rewatch as well.
0: It's to, to, uh, to really come, It's come a high down. point, for sure.
1: Yeah, oh, that's for sure, yeah.
0: Like, it's like one of the things, like the music for 1982's Tron, to me, is yeah. so iconic and so unusual that you really mm-hmm. have to come correct if you're going to do a sequel to it. <laughs> and they really, really did. That yeah. choosing Daft Punk was like, it's not, they didn't imitate Wendy Carlos. You know, no. they did their right. own thing, but it was just, totally perfect for the the updated tron world and that was really cool because that's the visuals and the music are two massive parts (laughs) and they got them both fantastic so that's Uh that could have sunk it right there but they 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 nailed both of them and that was really cool
1: Uh and then and then my knowledge is that there's all a ton of other stuff there's you know series and yeah you know but i i'm not familiar with any of that at all
0: the series <laughs> so was really if cool you point me in
1: a good direction yeah
0: i hope they bring it up it was called mm. tron uprising it's on disney plus right now yeah. not all of the okay. episodes but most of the episodes and it's uh mm. it's really enjoyable the way they flesh out more of the world okay. and it's got this hyper stylized kind of uh all the all the characters are really long and stretched out and uh exaggerated so it's it's pretty it's pretty neat to to watch so I hope they I hope they bring it back. Disney Plus needs more content, so I hope they're like, yeah. hey, yeah. do more Tron. Because Legacy did good business. But anyway, let's, uh, let's go over what happens in minute 58 here. Yeah. So Tron stares resolutely at the IO tower, and Flynn tries somewhat haphazardly to pilot the faulty recognizer. The solar sailor generates, and we finally get a glimpse of Yori, uh, the program alter ego of Dr. Laura Baines, who we haven't seen for quite a while so at the beginning of this minute, we get Bruce Boxleitner looking off into the distance, doing some A-plus number one jaw flexing, doing his uh, his best, you know, squinty-eyed, look-into-the-distance, resolute face acting. You know, it's got his, uh, you know, blue steel daytime television chops really shining here. He did a lot of Westerns, and you can really sort of see that here. Looks left and right sort of lost, and then sets his mouth Sets his mouth in a resolute pause and looks up into the sky. I, s- I think he's doing the math on how long it'll take to get to the I O tower, and is oh. coming up with an alternate route or a plan to get there. It's not clear what's going through his mind here. What do you What do you think's going through his mind?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard to say. It's yeah. I mean yeah. yeah I mean he certainly has that goal of the I O tower. He, he knows that's where he wants to go. But yeah, he seems yeah like he's... trying to figure out how you know what's what's the really best way and. It's pretty important.
0: Yeah, then it cuts to uh, Sark's massive carrier hovering mm-hmm. along, and I'm the way it's cut. It's kind of like was Tron just looking at Sark's cruiser? Like was that the idea? I'm not sure. This this edit's kind of a strange, strange mm-hmm. edit. But then it crossfades from Sark's cruiser to the maze of the Grid Canyon, and mm-hmm. we see well, Sark's well, cruiser.
1: F- yeah, for, and for the cruiser itself, the uh, the way it looks, the the, the at the very front, the two curved pieces, yeah that the the <laughs> I think unintended, but you know you know i' I come from an art background, I studied you know uh, industrial design in school in college oh okay and and it has that gradation there that's being caused by yeah. you know, the, the 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 rendering you know yeah, it's just not as good of a gradation as maybe you would generally want, but yeah. for a case like this no leave it in it's awesome yeah <laughs> you know, it's it's creating a a, a a certain surface
0: yeah that's you know, the low. thing if they could have made the costumes low poly somehow mm-hmm. they would have mm-hmm. uh they would have tried i think there's uh you get a lot of stuff like that here where you're saying yeah you get the you get the polys in there and uh the polygons and mm-hmm. these like oh just leave them in yeah great looks great. that's no, good yeah it's totally like uh like a Pantone color sample sheet or something, yeah. just a, a gradient, like rectangular gradient block. But
1: it's got the nice little the red at the corner, at the edges, you know, yeah. highlights yeah. that that fit in with you know red guard and.
0: Yeah, I uh, love the design of it. Uh, yeah, and then it uh, cross fades from Sark's cruiser to the maze of the Grid Canyon, and we see Sark's cruiser now way in the distance. So I suppose this is to show that whatever we're about to see is far away from Sark's cruiser. And we go down into one of the wider alley canyons with Wendy Carlos's music softly pulsing. And we see the blue recognizer making its way along. And I guess this is maybe to show that Flynn is lost or just that he's really far away from the center of action. I don't know, something like that, because it seems like Sark's like way over there, and and Flynn is like way over here. So I hope mm-hmm. Flynn's on the right track. Either or or it's to show that Sark has no idea where Flynn is, and he's safe for the time being. I guess that would be two ways of looking looking at it. Yeah, so the cat. And
1: for for Flynn's uh, piloting here, I definitely wrote drunk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's really. We we really you know. know we know that's not really the case, but no
0: no i wonder if they're still high on power from the power cave but yeah so the, yeah the camera floats down into the path of the recognizer and it does some more great clunky flying yawing and pitching bobbing and fluttering you get a couple of those like non-recognizer creaks in the sounds to show that it's not doing that great like some uh all that's missing really is some like jalopy backfires or engine rattling or something <laughs> there's even a sound like like it's like pitched down tire squeals as it swerves like it's like skidding like it's skidding out or something like that and then yeah when we cut inside we see that Flynn is like leaning all over the place he's hanging off the paddle on the top of the hourglass interface thing he manages to get standing and he says damn recognizer just go straight and he focuses on trying to drive so yeah he does look like he's having a hard time uh handling it and then uh, cuts to a wider shot of the canyon as the recognizer flies towards the i o tower in the distance. and we hear Flynn saying an off-screen voice off-screen voice over. he's like, "I gotta get to that i o tower in a very ADR added in post, I think, to make mm-hmm. things a little clearer of like what he's yeah. what he's doing. and it helps it helps a little, but I'm still kind of wondering a little about exactly where everyone is and what's going on. I don't think that's entirely clear right now. Uh, and then we cut to uh a huge hanger as something is rendering and i guess you know there's a disembodied computer voice that says program aloo which uh, sort of makes me think of um break into electric boogaloo oh yeah <laughs> like like tron programming too, electric program aloo um it continues with uh, request additional information for sector two. Prepare hangar for game simulation transport. Attention all units. Lock on to matrix code. Prepare for digital beam transport. Activate hangar car- uh, hangar doors. And I wonder who does this voiceover because it doesn't sound like Cindy Morgan. Mm. It might be that would make sense because she's overseeing. It looks like she's overseeing the project inside the in the control booth. Sounds a bit like Major Barrett from the computer voice on STNG. Mm. It could, be, uh-huh. it could be Cindy Morgan, though. I don't know. Or maybe it's just some random uh, voiceover person they had near the set or one of the crew. It's not in any of the credits that I can find, so I'm not sure.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then we see the solar sailor res up into being. Yeah. That's a pretty cool sequence. Um, it's weird that it's in... Uh, it's pretty silent, though. Like, it's kind of just... Uh, you see it come into being... And there's, uh, you know, bright orange before its black texture gets mm-hmm. before its black texture gets painted on. The struts of the sails are generated, then the sails themselves start to pop into existence, and we see the nose looking kind of like a star nose mole. And I think I like it better when it was bright orange, but uh, it's kind of I don't know I'm not exactly sure what it is. It's a big departure from the blocky solid tanks and Sark's character uh, Sark's carrier. So this is a sort of a spindly, fragile looking um vehicle and it's but this whole shot plays out like there should be a huge orchestra playing right now or something that's like Mm. check it out look at this amazing vehicle but it's just uh it's just i almost think
1: that that you know for when this was coming out in 82 yeah that you know seeing something like this kind of being generated in this way i mean it really hadn't been seen before i don't think yeah you know so i i think the the quieter kind of makes sense being being as quiet as it is it's it's uh you know just just take in the fact that this is a new thing this is this is a new way that things can just suddenly kind of or not suddenly but (laughs) gradually appear you know yeah be be built in a sense but uh, yeah
0: yeah i can see that for sure like the visuals are the are the sort of that's the climactic park it's just mm-hmm. a, just the, the visuals because I remember this shot was used a lot to publicize the film and uh, it was also used to really show like the computer graphics whenever you yeah. see like a retrospective and it's like 1982's Tron used a lot of computer graphics and they'll they'll show this scene in particular because uh-huh. it's a nice unbroken chunk of a, of a vehicle just coming into being yeah do you like the coming from an industrial did you say you came from an industrial? You went to school for industrial design or something like that? Correct. Yeah. Industrial yeah. So design. What did you think of? Uh, what do you think of this uh, solar sailor from an industrial design standpoint? I think it's fascinating what you can like. I want to look at it through your eyes.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's definitely got these kind of um, uh, aggressive tendencies. You know that 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 front nose piece that you're talking about. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very sleek in other ways too. I mean, I think, you know, and, and, and very similarly, another kind of solar sailor, um, ship, um, that was done for, I'll, I'll, I'll make it a little flack for saying it, but from the, uh, the prequels, uh, -hmm. Star Wars prequels. Oh yeah. Um, and Count Dooku, Count Dooku's, you know, it's, and he, and he had that sense of style as well that, you know, yeah, he's dangerous in certain points but he also has this sleek style to him oh, okay yeah
0: because i remember he had the curved lightsaber mm-hmm. a really cool handle but i don't i don't remember what his uh, his ship looked like that's cool yeah okay right on well this solar sailor was done by triple i uh which mm-hmm. is Info- information international incorporated they also did uh Sark's carrier carrier and the mcp And they also did like the robo-vision shots in uh, the movie Westworld back in 1973, like the sort of predator-vision POV shots Uh where the robots were looking at park-goers. They also did some work in Close Encounters and The Empire Strikes Back, but the level of CG they were attempting in Tron was a a whole new world for them, so they needed a, a strong art director in there sort of working with them. Oh, and that's the thing, the Solar Sailor shows up in Tron Legacy as well, mm-hmm. but it's more of a freight train cargo mover kind of a thing, <laughs> which makes sense. There's like the Solar Sailor at the front, and then there's all these boxcars behind it, which is kind of cool and makes sense, because I'm not exactly sure what the Solar Sailor does here exactly. It says Game Simulation Transport, mm. but it's very pretty, and I know that yeah. it it gets some characters from point A to point B, but not entirely sure what its intended purpose is or if it's been repurposed if the mcp has repurposed it from doing something else it's kind of like they're painting a butterfly black and then telling mm. it to go be a war machine or something like it looks like something really fragile that they've turned into something that kind of repurposing it for something it's the impression i get uh the camera swings around and zooms in on a bank of windows in the wall of the immense hangar and we finally see yori doing something in the computer world She's overseeing a bank of programs lined up along the edge of the window there as the solar sailor comes into being. What's interesting to note, and I'm, it doesn't really mention why anywhere that I can find, but all of the programs in this room are women, like every single one of them mm-hmm. except for the mm-hmm. guard. And I wonder if they were supposed to be clones of Yori at some point or like what the reasoning is that we've seen...
1: Uh, yeah, division. We've seen, the yeah, because we've seen
0: almost no women at all but then here we see a whole office of them and uh i don't know like it's great to see i'm just i just wish there was a a more of a reason for it like there was uh like yori like dr laura baines in the real world was really powerful and then here they're all kind of drones i'm not sure what's uh, what's happening there because she was in charge of the laser assembly program so I don't know if she was kidnapped by the MCP and this is her new job um or I don't know I'm left with a lot of questions. It's still a good scene and there's a lot of scenes in this movie that leave you with questions in a good way
1: so it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: It's good. Um
1: um, when, when when it was uh out in the main area and, zo- and starting to zoom in yeah it, does, it goes only so far and then it does and then it just does the quick cut to yeah to inside it but the first couple times just for the, watching it this minute I don't know what I you know it goes by so fast when you're watching it you know back whether it was on the big screen or on TV or what have you but yeah but uh, and watch this minute over and over again and just like the first two or three times I wasn't even really truly truly catching on that what that they were these things in the wall that those were windows yeah i just thought they, they really seemed like more like vents to me yeah you know but uh eventually i realized oh yeah okay right here i mean you're, you're looking out from this yeah. thing that they were just starting to zoom in to and we're looking out in the very next quick cut scene yeah out, once you see the windows into that yeah
0: area. you see the solar sailor outside you're like oh those are windows yeah. like right. they really could have used uh they could have put the sort of comped in uh, the 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 programs behind those windows mm-hmm. i think that would have helped a lot
1: well if that's... it was someone like uh, david fincher yeah you know, <laughs> he would have actually gone through the window, through and, the window. And, and swung the camera around to this viewpoint in the right
0: window. underneath someone's chin like through <laughs> right. through, through through somebody's glasses know, yeah. yeah yeah that's something they still suffer with today that they didn't uh they didn't do too much of in this movie but that's like well yeah we could uh, that comes up a bit later but making cameras just do impossible Mm -hmm. things because you can is uh you know it sort of takes you it takes me out of a movie anyway it's not and it gets dated super quick it's cool in the creator's commentary though they mentioned that a lot of actresses passed on the role because of the Mm -hmm. of for yori or for dr baines because of the costume and because they didn't understand what the film was about like at all like so many actors passed on this film because they were like, I don't understand what you're talking about. You're inside a computer. I don't I don't get it. And it's hard to imagine being pitched this content, uh, this whole concept with no idea what the visuals would turn out to be. But I can just like I can imagine a famous person walking into the casting room and being shown the super tight spandex costume and being told the concept and just saying hard pass. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, I don't think so. Even Cindy Morgan herself said that the costume made her panic and go home and really consider how little she'd be like able to eat, to be able to look good in this spandex mm. like unitard mm. before accepting the role. And she accepted the role like two days before filming started, so that's how tight it was in terms of scheduling. But they screen tested Debbie Harry, they approached Michelle oh. Pfeiffer. Uh, it's
1: it's wild to contemplate what the movie would have been <laughs> so, with um, those different So Michelle movies. learned her le- well, I don't know, about learned her lesson because I mean, you know, I mean <laughs> what 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 was the, you know, kind of, you know, you know, profit budget versus profit on this? I haven't looked at it. Oh, on so, this? But, I think yeah. it
0: made its money back, but yeah. uh yeah, it did not
1: do as well as And it didn't now. turn her, her into um uh, cindy morgan into <laughs> a, a, a really well-known name like michelle pfeiffer yeah at some point later was after this period that when she passed but yeah. it you know she certainly didn't turn down catwoman so
0: no that's what i was thinking <laughs> was where like, i was going yeah yeah the tightness of the costume obviously did yeah. not come into her uh come into her, her decision making yeah. after going on to do that but that's, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, and Cindy Morgan, I mean, she ran into some trouble on Caddyshack. I remember mm-hmm. they were trying to force her to, into doing a, a Playboy centerfold as publicity for Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. And she had to really go to the mat saying, I won't do it, and I don't want to do it, and stop trying to make me do it. And she got kind of seen as a troublemaker, so they mm-hmm. left her off all the publicity mm-hmm. for Caddyshack. And she didn't work for like a year. And then this movie came along. So uh, I think there was this sort of like... Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, but I think there might have been some behind the scenes stuff that was responsible for her lack of roles after this as well. But mm-hmm. either way, I'm glad she's in this movie. She brings a lot to it. I wish her program, Yori, had a bit more to do because I really liked her in the real world. She had a lot of power in the real world. But anyway, a guard walks over and says, What's the progress on the simulation? And that's the end of. Uh-huh. Minute fifty eight. I do like to go over the novelization and the screenplay and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the differences in those two things. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, if I
1: could, real quick, I, I'll yeah, bring please. up one now and then I'll bring up another one. The other one, ne- next minute, the two things I kind of had about this room and then and looking out into that bigger hangar area. What? Happened. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and so the one I'll bring up now um, is, you know, it's kind of it's, it's 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 it reminds me of more of a working. Uh, cloud city okay you know i mean and, and and how they would have gone about this too i mean it does have a little bit of that feel too of you know the, the the cut through windows that were really onto a green screen or something you know yeah and 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 that i'm i'd have to believe that's how they really would have done it you know in a case like this to get this you know from this one room and smaller room into the bigger room yeah um it wouldn't have been Truly modeled and so forth in both no. places, you know, next to each other. Yeah, yeah. They, they would they would have done a a mat kind of almost painting yeah. type thing, but not, not s- painting painting. But yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: They're just sitting on black boxes in a black room, pretending right. to dial buttons on a you know a black uh, a black felt box. You know that's that's the way mm-hmm. that everybody was set up for that. <laughs> Although I wonder, let me see. I wonder if uh, they're all they're all overlapping, so they might have been shot together. A lot of the problems with the 65 millimeter camera means that everybody had to be shot separately if they wanted to be in focus, because hmm. uh, the the depth of the depth of field on that camera is so shallow. But yeah, for sure. Oh, I like that. Yeah, working Cloud City. That's changed my viewpoint on it. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It must have been interesting okay. to film this movie. But yeah, in the course. what's that?
1: Well, I was, I was going to help help segue back into what you wanted to talk about. If unless yeah. you, wanna, you should go ahead and do whatever whatever else you wanted to say.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a lot of in the novel. There's a lot of descriptive passages, of yeah. course, because it's a novel that help with the exposition. Like Tron, de his light cycle and throws away the handlebars because they'll be useless where he's going. And it says he's in the factory domain where things get mm. made, and that's yeah. what Yori is doing here and that she has indeed been co-opted and reduced to being like a labor automaton, regardless of the fact that she seems to be somewhat in charge in this scene. It's mentioned that she has the boots and the cap and the glow of an automaton, which makes me want to see what she looked like before she was taken over. Like Tron looks around this part of the grid and sees that it's in disrepair, parts of it are on 2d and in low power he sees a bunch of discarded programs wandering around like zombies warriors missing limbs and stuff like that and but there's none of that here in this minute which is too bad but the rest is pretty much the same but that makes me think that maybe that's what bruce Boxleitner was like looking looking around at in the beginning like he looks left and he looks right and maybe he was given the direction like look at the disrepair that this whole world has fallen into but they didn't actually find a way to show that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then in uh, the screenplay mm-hmm. Tron comes to a stop and derezes his life cycle and he sees the main factory building but he sees like a zombie like broken program shuffling along but then it gets killed and de by a recognizer that swoops low like this recognizer swoops low to take it out and uh, and de-rezz it with its pincers which is would have been pretty cool but other than that it's it's pretty much the same scene as it plays out 'Cause that's one thing you never see the res you never see the recognizers really be effective in mm-hmm. this movie. They fly around a lot, but they uh they kinda just they're like cop cars in the blues brothers or something like that. They just kinda <laughs> crash and get taken out. But I guess that takes us to the end of uh Minute Fifty Eight. What do you think? Yeah. Do you wanna tell people where they can find you if they want to hear more of you?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, my own personal like Twitter handle is at Lucky Mustard. Um, and from there I'll, I'll often, I'll, I'll always retweet the, the, the stuff my other, my other, uh, Twitter handles do for, for the various shows. Um, you know, and certainly I, I I'll, I'll just go ahead and say, uh, uh, at WatchMyMinute and at AlmostFamousMen and at Feels like Weezer. Um, and then uh, you know, for Facebook, I mean, you got we have our pages and our groups. I'm a, I'm a big person in, in distinguishing between the two. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, the the pages you can always very easily find just with the with the shows names. But then uh, we have we we have, we have great groups. So I hope you have a group too, because I'd really love to talk more through through that to kind of uh uh, uh media um in a group uh. But uh, you know, they're of, often called listener societies and so forth. So it okay. feels like. We- Feels like Weezer Listener Society, and then, but then for both Watchmen, I did we did Crimebusters Listener Society, and then for Almost Famous, Men, I did uh, Band-Aids Listener <laughs> Society for the uh, for the groupies in quotes. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah,
0: okay. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to well, tronologicallyspeaking.com dot com or chronologically speaking on Twitter and chronologically speaking at Gmail. Uh, for sending us an email and or you can join us on facebook we have a, a tron minute by minute listeners page like you said uh shout out to pond five for the music at the beginning and the end and special thanks to the star wars minute that started it all go on over to MoviesByMinutes.com and see if your favorite movie is there and if by some strange reason it isn't then consider doing one yourself i found it to be a very inclusive and encouraging community uh, do you want to try i like at the end of every podcast i like to do a little end of line on three do you want to try that out
1: and just to okay. say what end of say,
0: line say or... end of line yeah like the yeah, mcp okay. all right one two three
1: end of, end line. of line
0: oh perfect awesome